That's it. That was your cue. What was my cue? That right there. You're supposed to say, Masterpiece Audio Theatre Presents. Masterpiece Audio Theatre Presents. That's right. Then you say, Myths from Around the World. Myths from Around the World. Okay, and a stranded in the middle of nowhere podcast. A stranded in the middle of nowhere podcast? Well, where are we? How are we going to get home? I'm going to get scared. Everything will be all right, trust me. Oh, and this is our submission for the Dog Days of Podcasting 2022. I am not going to lie. I have no idea where that singing's coming from. And I don't know why we stopped in the middle of something and why we're starting again. But it's good stuff, so let's listen in and see if we can't hear some more. Part two of Sinbad's second voyage. The whole night long I lay awake thinking of my projected flight. But it was not until the morning that the bird awoke, and, with a loud cry, rose from the egg, bearing me aloft. Higher and higher it soared, until I thought it must reach the stars. Then, gradually, in vast circles it descended, and finally came to the earth on high-table land. In great fear lest the bird should discover my presence, I made haste to loosen my turban from its foot, and having done so, I crept away, trembling in every limb. Then, as I watched the bird from a distance, I observed it pick something from the ground, and saw away with it clutched in its talons. I looked again and saw that it was an enormous serpent twisting and writhing in the grasp of the bird as it flew swiftly towards the sea. And at this strange thing I wondered greatly as I folded my turban. But what desert place had I come to by this daring misadventure? On the one side of the table land was a deep valley, and on the other a steep mountain which no foot of man could climb. Had I only remained in the island, I should have at least had the fruit to eat and the water to drink. But here there was nothing but desolation, from which I had no hope of escape. There was no course but to descend into the valley, and this I did, little caring whither I went. Now, I had not walked therein but a few furlongs, when I observed that the ground I trod on was soon with diamonds of love large size. But, and this gave me cause for wild alarm, coiled here and there amongst the stones were gigantic serpents, such as the one I had seen the bird bear away in its talons. As soon as I was aware of these sleeping serpents, which were the same hue as the ground whereupon they lay, I stepped warily, lest I should awaken them and be devoured. In this way was I proceeding down that valley, my flesh quaking and my knees a-tremble, when suddenly the flayed carcass of a slaughtered beast fell with a great noise before me. This aroused great wonder in my mind, and also called to my recollection a story I had heard in my youth from a merchant traveller who had visited lands whence no one else had ever come to deny the truth of it, a story confirmed by others who claimed a reputation for wide knowledge and feared to lose it. It was this, that in a far land where diamonds are as thickly strewn as the venomous serpents and the deadly perils which render it difficult to come at them, the daring merchants who seek these precious stones employ a cunning stratagem. 
They take a beast and slaughter it on the heights above the valley, and, having skinned and lacerated the flesh, they throw it down. And when it reaches the bottom of the valley whereupon the diamonds lie, the stones adhere to the moist flesh. From the depths of the sky descends the watching vulture of a giant kind, and this bird, seizing the carcass in its talons, soars with it to the mountaintops, whereupon the merchants spring out and frighten the bird away with loud cries, and then take the stones adhering to the meat and bear them to their own country. I had my whole life long regarded this story with a half-shut eye, but now, beholding the slaughtered beast before me, and guessing full well the meaning of its presence there, I said within myself, By Allah, no marvel in the past belief, for here is the verification. I surveyed that the carcass, and, having measured in a glance the distance to the mountains whence I had descended, I gazed into the blue sky in whose depth lurked the watching vulture. A plan of escape then came to me, and I hastened to put it into operation. Firstly, I gathered as many diamonds as I could well dispose within my garments. Then, unfolding my turban, I approached the slaughtered beast, and lying on my back, drew it over me and bound myself firmly to it. I had not lain long in that position, with the heavy weight of the beast upon me, when a monstrous vulture came out of the sky, and, seizing upon the carcass with a loud scream, gripped it in its powerful talons, and rose up but away with it and me. And it rose higher and higher, and with a mighty flapping of its wings, until at last it was alighted on the broad ledge near the summit of the mountain. A place, judging by the bleached bones laying on every land, was a favourite feeding place of these birds. This was clearly known to the merchant who had cast the carcass down, for no sooner had the vulture deposited his burden and started to tear at the flesh, than he sprung out with loud cries and scared it away. Half smothered by the weight of the slaughtered beast, I lost no time in freeing myself, and soon I struggled to my feet and stood there with my clothes stained and polluted with its blood. When the merchant saw me, his fear was great, but his disappointment was even greater when his fear mastered by the lust of gain. He turned the carcass over and found no diamonds sticking to the flesh, pitying him in his sad case, for he was smiting hand on hand and calling out against fate. I advanced and said, Curse not thy fate, nor fear me, for I am of thy kind, and here with me in abundance of these stones the loss of, of which thou lamentst. And they are of the largest that man can carry up, borne by the vulture's wings. Of these I will give unto thee. Therefore forget thy fear and bury thy disappointment. On hearing this, the merchant thanked me and prayed fervently for me and my family. And he ceased not to pray for the prolonging of my life until I had bestowed upon him the largest diamonds I could find within my garments. While he was thanking me for this, there came his companions, each of whom had cast down a carcass, and when they all heard the story of my escape, they congratulated me and bade me come with them, for they said, By Allah, thou art greatly favoured by fate, since none but thee hath been in the valley and escaped to tell the tale. After my perilous adventures and my despairing sojourn in the Valley of Serpents, I was filled with the utmost joy at finding my fellow mortals around me. And, seeing this, they made me welcome among them, and I partook of their food and wine. We passed the night in a safe place, and when morning came, we set forth over the mountain ranges overlooking the Valley of Serpents, and at length descended to a stretch of sea. This we crossed by means of the boats which they had moored by the shore, and came thus to the low-lying island where grew the camphor trees in abundance. 
each of which might shield a hundred men from the sun. Here, too, upon the plains roamed the wild rhinoceros, of which wonderful tales are told of people who return from unknown lands. This beast impales an elephant upon its horn with ease, and wanders thus, with little hindrance to its pasturing, until the fat of the elephant, melting in the heat of the sun and flowing down into its eyes, renders it blind, whereupon it seeks the seashore and lies down until such time as the rock may find it and carry both the elephant away as morsels for its young. But I speak of what I know, and I saw naught of this kind. I can but say that I know not. I continued with my companions for some space, journeying from island to island and exchanging the diamonds we had acquired for rich merchandise, and in passing through many countries unheard of in this city, I separated from them and went my way, coming at length to El Bashra with a princely cargo of goods. Then I journeyed to Baghdad, the abode of peace, and rejoined my family. Wealth I had in abundance, and I restored my former life of luxury, bestowing gifts and alms, wearing rich apparel, and eating and drinking with my companions. This is the story of my second voyage, and by the grace of God, whose name be exalted, I will narrate tomorrow the still more remarkable adventures that befell me on my third voyage. Studios presentation of the Myths from Around the World, a special Dog Days of Podcasting contribution. Sound clips are from GarageBand and can be found in their samples library. The stories that we have shared can be found at Gutenberg.org. We can be found on Facebook on the Masterpiece Audio Theatre page, on Nimlas.org, or you can email us at j at jglangjams.com. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 unported license. Thanks for joining us.